Hi, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Organization Business Podcast. I am your host, Lynn Panetti. My guest today is Victoria Butt, who's been a member of EO Sydney for six years, and she's also a serial entrepreneur. She's a founder and executive consultant at Parity Consulting, founder and chief training officer at Evolve Sales Training, board member of Entrepreneurs Organization Sydney, and angel investor for BIPOC Women. Now, after running the business for over 10 years, Victoria took some actions that nearly took the life of her business. This is a very interesting episode because Victoria got really vulnerable with her shortcomings and how she went from a highly profitable business to nearly losing it all. Now, please join me in welcoming Victoria. Hi, and welcome, Victoria, on our show. Thanks, Leah. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Yeah. It's so good to have met you at EO. I just love that EO brings so many amazing people and someone like you who's also in a similar industry to me, which is in recruitment. And so I would love to hear a little bit about your background and how you even started in the first place. Yeah, in recruitment. Um, I actually wanted to be a management consultant to start with because I really wanted to um, strategically look at businesses and how people are impacted from businesses and then I've realized how much or how management consultants work and 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 how they they structure their business and it just looked a bit too boring for me so um, I did a business and a psychology degree and then went on to do um, more psychology um, to qualify um, in that area and I just for me it was about how can I combine business and people and um, really fell into to recruitment in the UK. And then when I moved here, set up my business nearly 11 years ago. Mm. So you specialise in recruiting a kind of really chief like marketing offices and high-end people, yeah. right? Uh, so welcome. I guess even, I'm just curious, like, is it, yeah, what are the challenges in hiring people at that calibre? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, the process of hiring someone is the process of hiring someone. So, you know, it's the same for whether you're hiring an admin person to a chief officer. The difference is is that it's um, it takes a lot longer and you do have to be a lot more thorough, as you, as you would expect, hiring someone earning half a million dollars as a base and OTE of probably over 1.5. You definitely can't... Um, have the same rigor as you would hire an admin person but I, I do like to say to people that it is it is a bit spoken smoke and mirrors at the end of the day recruitment is still recruitment um what's what I love about the the c-suite and like really senior work that we do is that they just have really strategic conversations about business with them more so than some of the junior levels um so the actual conversations are are, are different um, and look, I think I don't know if I would have been able to hire this level if I was, um, you know, my in my twenties because I just don't know if you really have enough battle scars yourself. Um, but essentially, people are just people, and I, I have to say, the C-suite and some of those seniors people. I mean, there's a lot of egos flying around, but they're they're really more most often than not they are really easy to deal with because they're transparent they're direct they don't mess you around whereas you're dealing with 100k candidates you're desperately trying to hire a marketer that's earning 100k they're never gonna they don't tell you the truth they renege on what they say they get counter offered they're, they're just a pain in the ass so i actually quite like um hiring for people that are a lot more direct and yeah 
And is it true that the people in that caliber, they're not really available for work? You kind of have to find and pitch. It's, it's harder to fight them? Yeah. I mean, in, in the headhunting world, we sort of talk about being available um, and open. Um, and, and, and a lot of really good people aren't available or open. And so you do have to date people a lot. So I think... The, the hire that I just did, I tapped that person on the shoulder five times before they even wanted to talk to me and I'm the the intermediator and then it took me some positioning to get them to talk to my client. Um, look, it doesn't always have to be five times, um, but that's, that's you know, a fair, you know, that that's a lot really. Um, you know, two or three times you normally have to tap them. Sometimes, um, sometimes they won't. They won't talk to you, regardless of how awesome the position is, the position you've got for them is. Look, most people, I have to say, are opportunistic. They feel quite flattered to be asked yeah. to be um, to be hired, uh, to be spoken to. Um, and if they're really good, they get tapped a lot. And so, you get, as a headhunter, you have to be on your A game to make sure you're positioning the role properly because you've only got a, a couple of minutes before they decide whether they want to talk to you or not. Yeah, I love it. Oh my god, I could sit here all day talking about recruitment and people because it's my world. But um, let's go into the topic of how you nearly lost your business because that is so interesting. Uh, and I want to touch on to that point that you shared with me is around passion because hearing from you, you've got so much knowledge and understanding about this industry and your passion in your voice is still there. So where was that time where you <laughs> felt like you lost your passion? <laughs> it happened, yeah. And um, so... I basically told a client to F off and I thought to myself, I've never done that before, but they deserve to be told to F off. Um, and I thought to myself, I've spent, this is about a year ago, I've spent 10 years building this business and I reckon I could probably um, wreck it in 10 minutes, the way I was feeling. Like I was just angry all the time and um, I didn't really know it at the time, but I think I was just um I just fell out of love. I just fell out of love. I didn't like my clients. Um, you know, there was things that you really shouldn't cause me pain that was causing me pain. Um, my team had grown significantly. It was too big for me. Um, I just wasn't doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a, I'm a business developer. I'm a, a market maker, if you like. And I was getting bogged down with shit like compliance and legals and and um people and um so i decided to um step back um i actually set up another business uh which which was really serving myself um and so i spent the last year um basically stepped out of my business um i, I was still there technically but my heart and my head my heart wasn't there my my physical body was there but my heart wasn't there um so I spent about a year away from the business um, I feel like the title I, you know, I nearly lost my business sounds quite dramatic, but it kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. So what actually happened in that time, um, we, I think the business just lost its way and it's not because I hadn't, I think I'm, I think I'm amazing and that the business is me. It's actually much bigger than, than that. But I think what I did so poorly is that I stepped away without any real due processes in place to allow me to step away so I just was I got so confident we've made year-on-year profits for 10 years we've got you know we've got money we've got we've got 
you know, reputation, you know, we really, to be honest with you, maybe I just got really overconfident. So I was like, no, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I passed my business over to my awesome, highly capable exec team and just kind of left for a year. I had like three months off and did some traveling and things. Um, and essentially what ultimately happened is um, things started crumbling and we started losing money. Uh, we had never lost money. Uh, we started losing money, quite a significant amount of money. And um, shit was going wrong everywhere. Fines were everywhere. And it was it was nothing, I just want to be clear on this, nothing to do with the team. It was because I hadn't set people up for success. So I just kind of threw the baby out of the bathwater, told a client to F off, and then exited stage left. Yeah. And then just didn't do anything. And um and yeah, look, I um still intend to to exit the business long long term. I don't intend to sell necessarily, but to to give it to my exec team because they're so capable and much better at it than I. Um but I, I've come back into the business to set up those processes so that when I do stage left, um, it doesn't go horribly wrong again. Yeah. And just curious, did you feel the um, the love for it again? Because sometimes you nearly lose something to all of a sudden feel like, oh, my God, I had something so great. I built it so great. It just needed a challenge or something for me to feel it again. You're absolutely right. You know, I just needed a break. I just, I love it. And I've been back in the business for the last few months and I am the happiest I've been in a, in a few years work-wise. Um, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on form in work. I'm, I'm happy. Um, it's serving me. So I think I actually probably was just a bit burnt out. I just needed a break and, um, I don't think I handled it very well. Um, and I think my, you know, we're suffering for my incompetence but I have to say I'm feeling great and I just can't believe that I sort of exited the way I did although the, no one kind of really knew in the market and stuff it wasn't that dramatic but um in my head it was um, yeah. my challenge now is is really to um stay in love with the business I have already started to kind of feel the frustrations again that I felt couple of years ago so what I now need to do is just quickly get the business into a point where I can um you know exit again or at least put myself in a role that serves me that doesn't um drain my energy yeah because ultimately we've put so much time in building this asset this investment that pays great dividend and you know like it it will be such a waste to kind of just break this machine because you can't build this again it's it's been 10 years in the making so are you just looking at kind of hiring better people or what are some of the key steps that you you're thinking you need to do in order to you know leave you know leave it live peacefully and not yes peacefully (laughs) rather than blow it up um so i think i'm i believe i have the right people in the right seats um i've got a couple of vacancies at my sort of senior level but i i I do believe i've I've certainly got my my ceos like i'm i'm really comfortable with with that i think for for me it's about um we've 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 sat down and said what's what's the end state what does that look like from a hierarchy point of view revenue point of view profit point of view um and so 
we're not quite nailed that down yet, but once we nail that down, we're going to work backwards from there. Um, I think um, I'm going to be putting in an advisory board. So I don't need a, a formal board because that's more regulatory sort of compliance mm. and risk and things like that. But I, I would like to put some rigor and processes in place that are almost a bit um, sort of corporate And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of businesses, especially entrepreneurs, won't necessarily have an advisory board. They may not have, you know, really, um, you know, robust processes, compliance and things like that until they get to that size that they have to. Um, I would like to to get those in place now so that that, that when uh, we scale further that we're, we're not scrambling. Yeah. So we've just decided to hire a big hire for us, which is a head of operations and marketing. And and typically we've had sort of more junior level people in this role, but we're going to go hard to market for this role because even though it's going to hurt, especially with the fact that we have lost money and our P&L looks horrible, mm. um, think at some point, Lynn, you just have to back yourself, right, and just say, right, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here just to have fun. This is this is a robust business. It's 11 years old. I've got 20 staff. Um, it, it it's it can sustain a bit of um, you know a bit a bit of pain. And so we're just going hard now. So to answer your question, sorry, it's a bit of a boast. To answer your question, advisory board processes. Um, you know, just just getting everything looking really schmick. Um, and also for me, it's about making sure I've got OKRs or KPIs in place for my leadership team. And so they know what good looks like, because one of the challenges I've faced with coming back into the business is that I've got quite micro. So I've sort of gone for a year. I sort of didn't give a F in a nice way, but I was like, you know, you know, you run the business. And then I've sort of come back in and I'm getting micro with my team who are not responding very well. Of course they're not because they're like, who are you coming in and, you know, blowing our world up? Um, so for me, it's about making sure I have processes in place that I have a line of sides that I don't need to micro. So um, yeah. and we're just looking at that. So it's it's kind of a bit EOSE. I will yeah. be a take on EOS, but uh, not quite the same. So just curious with you coming back in and feeling like you're more micro-y, is it because you've lost trust? Is it because you just feel panicky and you're like, oh my God, I need to really fix this and I'm just working in it? Like what is driving that I need to micro? Like I, yeah. like Yeah. Um, yeah, look, this is probably quite vulnerable of me to share because I do feel quite embarrassed by it. Um, I actually just think I had a massive crisis of personal confidence. So last year when I left the business, I set up another business that didn't go to plan. Um, in fact, it was a big shit show and it failed miserably. Um, and I think I really took a hit. Indeed, I did. I took a massive hit. My pride took a hit. Um, was I a one-hit wonder? I've, I've built two businesses and this was the third and the third went terribly wrong. Um, was it a one-hit wonder? Have I been lucky? Can I do this? Um, and also I'm the main breadwinner in my family and we have um, obligations. And I, I come from from working class family in England, no money growing up. And so seeing my nest egg deplete um, combined with a lack of confidence, self-confidence, combined with the fact that I exited stage left and just didn't 
you know, I really just didn't set the business up for success. There was a lot of shame there. So if you put that all in a pot, I actually was just feeling really rubbish. And so um, I just sort of went in and started stepping on people's toes, nothing to do with trust. They've done nothing wrong. They're incredible. And just just went back to raw, vulnerable self um, mm. and just it was all me. It was where I was. Um, and fortunately, my team called me out quickly so that we didn't break too much trust um, and said, back off. Just, you know, who who are you coming coming back in and, and blowing us up and trying to do our jobs when we've been doing it fine for a year? So, yeah. I really appreciate that vulnerability. I like, yeah, it just really touched my heart. And I think I can relate to you in that sense where I thought that if I've started a business before and it worked, it should be easy next time. And only to realize it's still required. It's almost like you can't skip the newborn stage and then the toddler stage. And it's just a lot of work. And so I too have closed down other side businesses that I came up with. And it really made me treasure the existing one and when I look at the existing one I'm like there's still so much work to do and if I could just fine-tune a little bit I can see the light at the end of the tunnel like I can actually free up right is that how you kind of feel you you're more grateful because you even started the other business so grateful so grateful it's 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 almost like um you know something that you you know a friend that you haven't seen um in a while and you, you you sort of may not miss them may you may not think about them and then you see them and you're like oh i remember why i love you um absolutely and look my industry our industry is changing fundamentally at the moment and ai will continue that change and so for me it's a new challenge and a new problem to solve and that's what i love doing but what I have noticed, though, is what I need to be really careful of is I cannot get back into where I was a couple of years years ago. So I'm I'm super conscious of that. So I've made some steps. I'm taking three months off um, towards the latter end of the year. I'm trying to convince my husband to travel with me, with the kids, to South America. Um, and I'm going to – I have got another couple of business ideas. I'm not put off by my massive <laughs> failure. Um, wow. And, um, but um, I had, but I would structure it quite different. There would be partnerships. Um, so what I'm trying to do at the moment is I'm trying to structure my role in my main business to essentially be, um, you know, a sort of two days a week forward, you know, business development person. Um, and then the rest of the time will be um, I do some angel investing in BIPOC women, so Black, Indigenous, people of colour, females only. And I also have quite strong um, community ties for diversity, equity and inclusion, which make, which allows me to travel um, and I give lots of talks on that. So I just want to make sure I can set my role up so that my business can fund my community work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's where my next thing is. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get there by the end of the year. Yeah, I really love that. And I think we can't deny the fact that if you've been in a business for so long, 10 years or more, you will start to lose interest because you're doing the same thing or you're, you're in that same kind of environment and we can't help to need the change. And we also have developed new skill set and hence we need to try different things. So I love that you're, you're, you're kind of just trying to map out all of your new passion and all of your kind of missions in life. And then, but not taking it for granted, this particular old one oh, and no. balance it all. So that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Not taking it for granted is actually 
great way of, of putting it. Um, I was overconfident. Um, I took it for granted. Um, it was my first baby, you know, my first love. I shouldn't say that. My husband's my first love, but my <laughs> my first baby, um, yeah. you know, and so, and it was doing so well and, you know, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. And so why would I, why would I put my energy into that? And then setting up another business and realizing, as you say, that newborn phase and that toddler phase, you can't skip that. Um, shit, that's hard. I, I think setting up a business when I was in my late twenties, very different to setting up a business in 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 my sort of late thirties, early forties, because it's just, yeah, I yeah. don't have got the energy. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You're right. We have different priorities, and yeah, it's really about traveling. So, if you were to give anyone feedback on, uh, sorry, advice on you know building a business or even um as they're growing their business like how do you hold on to passion longer uh, i know by the time you get to 10 15 years you will still kind of feel like a bit over it but still like how do you think people can enjoy it more in their business oh like i don't think i'm in a position to give anyone advice because i think i i really um appreciate i i haven't handled it very well but i can i can share what i'm going to do differently and that is um that is work from where i want to work from and covid has has obviously blessed us with a remote working environment um we own a house in queenstown which is just basically my my world i adore that place and so for me next year i'm three months in queenstown next year i'm a big skier and so i will i will take that time out i will do the work i have to do in that time but essentially have time off and be in a place that really serves me and my kids and my husband and, and really feeds our soul um I also believe that um, you only get one one chance. Well, we only get one chance at life if that's what you believe in. And um, I've had some bad news recently has really affected me. Um, and I think that if you can't design your life as an entrepreneur, you're not really leading from the front to your team. But also, what's all the blood, sweat and tears for if you can't take three months off and skive? in Queenstown, for instance. I mean, we're obviously in a very, very lucky position, but what's the point in, in um, you got one uh, chance at life, what's the point in uh, just, you know, working until you drop? So Yeah, I love that. That is exactly um, how I like to live my life as well. It's all about balance and enjoying in the moment, right? So I guess I'd like to just um, end it with asking, you know, of asking my audience, uh, what is the one, uh, what do you want the world to remember you for? Ultimately, you know, what do you want them to say on your dying, not your dying day, on their <laughs> the eulogy, is usually what I say. I know what you mean. Um, I would really love to be remembered um, my my slant on the world is that I genuinely want to leave the world more of an equal place than where I found it, Um, specifically for for women, also people of colour and any uh, marginalised and and suppressed um, peoples. Um, And I want to be remembered um, doing it in a fun and respectful way. So I, fun and joy is a big part of my life um, and, and also change, change and giving people who don't have a voice a voice. That's so lovely. Now, 
you got me wanting to ask one more question. It's what <laughs> motivated you? Like, what was the story that made you believe in this cause that you're you're you're, you're uh, supporting? You know, the equity. equity equity and and inclusion you know was yeah. there anything that's happened in your past that's made you yeah yeah well I didn't realize I didn't realize um sort of sort of discrimination until um I actually uh, moved to Australia which is interesting because I'm a, a very privileged to be here and, and and white and you know from a educated background but um yeah I think when you're when you're discriminated against for something that you can't control, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing being a woman, but some people may say is, um, it, it kind of just lit a fire in my belly. And that was probably about 15 years ago. Um, and I just was so shocked. I was so appalled at some behaviour and so incredibly shocked. That it just it just spurred me on, and the more I looked into it, and the more I spoke to people that were far more marginalised than I I was at the time, I was just horrified. So um, I got into diversity, equity, inclusion. In fact, I set up um, I set up DEI for EO Sydney and in the region, um, and I've been working really really hard on that agenda for EO, but also outside of EO. Um, when I found out that women got only $1 out of $10 of funding, um, I was like, that's rubbish. That's, we need to change that. And then when I found out that a black woman or a woman of colour um, got a 10 cents out of $10 a white man got, I just was like, no, nah, can't do that. So I don't have much money, but I've got a little fund and I only give it to black women. And it's, I love it. I just love that you are not those people, but yet you feel the pain for them and you're fighting for them. So it just shows that kind of person you are. You really touch my heart. I love listening to your your story. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. (laughs) Well, just to wrap up, um, we're going to put all your details in the description below so everyone can connect with you, Victoria. I know you're active on LinkedIn. Uh, Anywhere else that people can find you on that you like to share? LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you today. I really loved uh, our conversation. Yeah, me too, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you.